Let's rock it then. Cool. All right. It's on your mind, dude. So this, I think, is why we went away from the name Hot Takes Cold Brews. So if you're wondering, Hot Takes Cold Brews was a 10 episode and done. I, I don't think we ever like addressed that actually like in <laughs> in any of our intros. And also, I listened to the first episode. I like it. But we should come up with some type of intro into it instead of just dropping oh, yeah. it straight in. Yeah. Because there's nothing right now. We'll think that up. Right now, this is Bare Bones. We're, uh, this is the Hide of Podcast. <laughs> I was just so, listening to that. But this is, I mean, this was, I always wanted to do this with different other beverages and like just ha- or like trial of food on it or something like that on the podcast because we used to only do the cold, the cold brews. But it's now today, thing. one of our friends has a product called Daterol, which is like <laughs> a, an ingenious name for a, yeah. for a product. So it's like the dad version of Adderall. Um, it's S- smart is the brand or SMRT spelt like that. Um, but basically this is like, um, a nootropic type thing where it's like supposed to help with focus, energy, memory, clarity, and focus. So, uh, it's supposed to be kind of like a hack for, for things, a pre-workout for people who don't work out. Yeah. So if you got that dad bod, you might need some dad or all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty fired up. My only thing is like, I guess yeah, there's no like creatine or or anything like that. But I'm like, it's got a lot of the same properties as a as a pre workout. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean those are also nootropics, you know, because they help with blood flow and things like that and focus. Has a good flavor. I mean, you put enough water in mine that it's like, it's not super, super strong, which is good. Um, yeah. What's the flavor? It's like blue raspberry or something. I don't know that it even says it on the back. <laughs> yeah. That might be a neat. Uh, maybe there's not many. Maybe there's only one flavor. Yeah. I think there is right now. It's got 200 milligrams of caffeine per serving. So we used one scoop in what, like 16 ounces of water here. Yeah. So, uh, but it tastes good. I mean, it's not overly sweet. Does it even have any sugar in it? Yeah, maybe a little bit, three grams of something, carbohydrate-based. It's got vitamin yeah. B. It's got a smart proprietary blend. So I don't know. It seems like I'm getting definitely a boost from having taken it yeah. already. And I haven't finished. Mitch pounded this whole glass, and I'm like halfway through yeah. of a glass of it. So, so hey. I like it. We'll see. By the end of, of this podcast, I'll be done with this, and we'll see. And then I got a session tonight with a client, so... We'll see if it takes me to that next level that of next thinking. Level. I think it will. <laughs> that data all <laughs> We're gonna look up, be like, dude, you missed your session. We just <laughs> we couldn't stop talking for hours. Yeah. Holy we, fuck. <laughs> we're uh we're both not dads, but you know. Hey. Started getting a dad bod for a little bit there <laughs> before I started getting a little more serious about my fitness or working with Mitch on nutrition. So Oh so that, good. That reminds me, dude. Mm-hmm. What the fuck happened to my back, dude? Oh yeah, fucked it up. We gotta check. Th- we'll have to check that out. That's gonna be a whole eval. But it sounds like you you did something to irritate the nerve root of in your low back, which could be from a disc. It sounds like you know probably from a lot of heavy lifting and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like still getting tingling. Yeah, like right in right my in the hip there. Yeah, when you do the prone press ups, does it reduce? Um. Yeah, you can't feel it then. 
Does it get worse when you It'll just sit? be like randomly shoot uh, shooting. How you know? does that usually happen when you bend or sit? Um yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a disc injury. Uh, some type of like in internal disc derangement. It doesn't sound like you have like a significant one, but we'll talk about some decompression stuff. When you can just tell that it's like because I'd, I'd heard it like that before. Um, and you can just tell it's like the protective mechanism, right? Because it's like like when I first did those prone press-ups, I couldn't. You just feel everything locked up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I literally can't mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. No, and that's like, so this is like the instance where people always say like my back went out or my yeah. back goes out every few months. Like this is the instance. It yeah. doesn't go anywhere. Your back doesn't just go on holiday. It doesn't pop out or like nothing's dislocated it's think, just that yeah. you get some type of nerve irritation that or a joint irritation or disc irritation or some structures irritated a ligament that gets inflammation it feels like something's out of place just because it's there's protecting pressure, there's pressure in there right it's not necessarily protecting you but what happens to protect you is the muscle spasms that yeah. happen around your body thinks is protecting you but really it just creates more dysfunction yeah. over time so that's yeah. why you want to try to get treated for sure. Well, because it's like, and also it's weird. Like, it felt better when I was working out. <clears throat> that's like a I, normal disc injury. Yeah, yeah. Because the inflammation kind of goes down; it doesn't sit there, and muscles warm up. They stop cramping on you and and being like like, like really spasmed. Mm-hmm. So that's standard. Like a really bad disc injury feels terrible when you sit. Feels terrible when you bend forward. Feels better. Worse when you first start walking, but if you walk a ways, it feels better up yeah. until a point. If you go too far, then your back just starts to get tired, mm-hmm. which is a different type of pain. Yeah. They have very, very standard sets of symptoms typically for a disc. Yeah. Now, so what you said just from heavy lifting. Lifting, twisting, bending. That's kind of where you get that injury. Wrong though, or, or like just too much? Maybe too much weight. You went too deep into fatigue, so you broke down your form. Like, and that's where people talk about like squatting, for instance. A lot of people go, Oh, you know, it's not bad to have the butt wink. You know what I'm talking about when you see someone's butt, their tail kind of tucks under because they hit the end of a ligament, pulls their bottom around, hit that the length is no longer there. Yeah. People say, You know, oh, that's not a bad thing. Well, it's not a bad thing if you have a healthy back and you're not under a huge load. If you're doing a really heavy back squat, and and you're not set up to do that with the right mobility and that pulls your background it just exposes you to a disc injury because the time you're going to get a disc injury is when your spine is in flexion yeah that's usually unless you get a, he- a heavy impact like straight from the top of your body like football players get disc injuries in their neck from just getting compressed really hard that typically didn't happen from the back unless you like fell off a building or like you know jumped off a roof and landed really hard and you got compressed that way you could happen that way, but okay. typically what happens is like it's from a a bit uh, a lifting injury where you have a lot of intra abdominal pressure where you're bearing down a little bit, um, or especially with twisting. So I see a lot of people who pick up like a like a really heavy weight and then turn to put it on like a rack or something like that, and then that's when they hurt their back. Dude, it, that so I was doing uh, and it's happened twice in like the last couple months, um, and it's all from. I'll just go into a class and like demo everything. I don't warm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't even think about it because I'm like, I'm not working out. Yeah. But 
really I am. Yeah. Uh, and I was doing um, knee to opposite elbow mountain climbers mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. And I was just like, oh fuck. Yeah. I like twisted way too aggressively. Yeah. And probably. so that that could do that could do it. Yeah, it can like give you a little injury to the ligament. You can strain a muscle that way, but what could happen is you can strain uh, like some of the fibers of the annular layer, the outside of the disc that holds the nucleus inside. So um, I feel like internal disc derangements get underdiagnosed because it, it just people, doctors want to just call it a back strain. They'll say like, oh, strain a ligament, strain a muscle. But you can have disc symptoms without having the full-blown disc injury. Right. And I've had the reason why I know is I've had it, and then I've I've gone through some advanced training on it, and I can pick them out, which is nice because when you can really pick those out, you can treat them and get them better real quick. Yeah. You do the right progression of exercises. Um, but and you know what I one of my points I wanted to make was is isn't it crazy? And someone said this on a podcast a while back. They're like. The healthy person, a healthy person has a thousand dreams, right? An unhealthy person has one. Just like they just want to get healthy, yep. and that's how like I, you know, I, I felt that way. Your back starts hurting, and it's hurting all day, and it just hurts in every position. You're like, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care about that thing, yeah. and you just think like people who live their lives like that long enough. That's how you give up on things becomes part of your identity too yeah that's the problem is like people attach to that and then the the problem with having a pain for a long time is and i don't want to go deep into this but basically there's a mechanism by which you get what's called centralized pain where essentially you could be rid of the injury that's in your back but the nerve pattern has become sensitized to certain things that everything you do actually feels painful when it shouldn't be so then it's really hard to get moving again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens. But yeah, man, I mean, I see a lot of people who deal with depression and anxiety and like high levels of frustration because they were, you know, able to move at high levels and then they aren't. And so like when you when you go in, like in my job as a physical therapist, all I'm meeting is people, ascent, not all, but 90% of the people that I work with are injured, currently injured. And uh, it's just a different level of somebody, you know, like, Athletes go into very deep depressions when they get injured and likely so oh, yeah. because they love doing what they're doing, especially if they're making money at it or they're in college, like they got a scholarship with it. They're competitive. And then all of a sudden you got to like lay down. You're not used to like relaxing and resting and not doing any workouts. So you got all this pent up energy. It's just an interesting injury is a very interesting thing in that it does impact so many different areas of your life um, that you don't realize like psychologically, you know, with uh, emotionally, and then physically. And I think uh, if you handle it the right way, it's like it's like the best learning tool as well. You know, obviously, I don't wish like a severe injury on somebody, but like if you look at it, it's like, all right, this hurt. What could have caused that? And like I want to get to the bottom of it, and I want to figure out how to correct this and like do everything as mm-hmm. well as possible. You sure. know, and, and that's kind of what um, what I think about and why I'm passionate about what we're doing on Saturday mm-hmm. is because I know 90% of people aren't moving the way they need to be, but they're getting by right yeah. now, and they're slowly chipping away. And I just don't want them to hit that point where they reach that injury. because the breaking point, yeah. Because I feel like that's 
what somewhat happened to me. You know, I lifted yep. a lot of weight for a long time, probably not the greatest because yep. like that was just the, the knowledge that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you broke your body down in ways it probably didn't need to be broken down. Absolutely. And at some point there's like a certain amount of level of injury. Like when you get to a certain level, there's just going to be catastrophic injury. Like yeah. You could be the strongest, heaviest deadlifter in the world. You could put just blow out a disc just because it's gotten a lot of wear and tear on it over time. Even if you did it in the right technique, like, Lifting really heavy stuff is not necessarily right. healthy for your body in in repetition and high loads. Right. You know, it's good to let your like most of people who are lifting super super heavy are doing a lot of good for strength, but they're breaking down their joints and, and things like that and, and ligaments and uh, tendons pretty heavily. So um, there's a certain amount of level of stuff you can prevent which is kind of what we're talking with like the average person right. but like at the level you're probably lifting at too. Like injuries are just going to happen. Yeah. It happened to me. I mean, I have a physical therapist, like I said, and I do a lot of injury prevention and I know correct lifting technique and I was doing a bent over row and I had the same kind of thing where I heard a disc, but it's just like when you're lifting that much weight, just the sheer number of reps I've put in, you're just bound to have a bad one. That's going to cause something. And that's the thing too, is it's like, you can know how to do things perfectly, but things break down when you're tired. Yeah. Just simple as that. I mean, it highlights the importance of like recovery work and stretching and mobility and stuff like that, because you'll bounce back from those injuries a lot faster. If you have that prerequisite, uh, stuff built up, like your strength and, uh, your mobility and things like that. Whereas like, that's where I see the biggest difference between people. When I treat them is like people pre morbid, status was like pre or pre you know whatever injury you had whatever your status was if you were unhealthy before you have a really time hard time recovering for something that a healthy fit mobile flexible strong individual would have no problem recovering from yeah so you can also bounce back a lot quicker yeah and that's another important factor of like that goes into everything though nutrition sleep hydration uh all of that stuff absolutely and yeah it's funny you can kind of like almost pinpoint someone at a gym you're like yeah they've been injured before because someone who hasn't they just don't really spend time on the things that they need to because yeah. it's like they don't think like why would i nothing yeah. like you around. always think the guy with the with the band around his legs doing like clamshells on the ground looks dumb <laughs> until you hurt your back and then you got that exercise like oh dang that actually makes me feel way better like yeah right way better yeah, like that guy's been spending so much time over there on the mats he just got here yeah like i won't drop any names of nfl guys but i play some basketball against those guys and you see them between between games doing a ton of like band work like hip band work hip stretching some of them have like uh hypervolts that they bring in and like these or their guns <laughs> and like because they're like they've been injured and they're high level athletes and they're like mm-hmm. dang i don't like i don't want to go through that just for like recreational basketball so they're doing stuff yep. they're doing foam rolling bringing bringing their gear in there yep. yeah you could definitely tell and those guys don't get shit because they're professional athletes yeah then you're like who's this jabroni over here doing like clamshell exercises or doing these weird like you know but it's like don't care what other people think because they don't know the benefits first of all probably of a lot of these mobility exercises and you know 80% of people that go to gyms don't stretch at all. And, but right. there's a high level of injury at, at gyms too and chronic pain and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't put too much weight into what, what I used to go. Like, I don't want, like, I'm going to go do this in the corner. Cause I don't want people to look at me now. I just don't give a damn. Nah. So like, you don't know what anyone else is going through. They don't know what you're going through. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah. 
hundred percent. You got to do what's best for you. Absolutely. If you got to get in the gym and between squat sets, you got to do some hanging from a pull-up bar, some prone press-ups. You're going to look kind of weird going on the ground doing some what looks like cobra yoga yeah. poses. But if that's what you got to do to decompress and keep your back safe, then I'm sure you're going to be willing to do it. Like safe. Fuck all those people who are probably judging me. <laughs> Literally. They don't have to live with this back. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't hurt as as bad as this does. Yeah, right? exactly, like, exactly. And and that's, that's something I'm always wondering is like, do people have to experience in, in any aspect some type of pain like that to, to like go through with what they need to go through with, you know, even in like. Mm, that's a good question. Probably yes. There are certain people no. There are certain people that really understand the concept of prehab, injury prevention, uh, healthy living. But like we've largely in the United States made our medical model reactive. Yeah. So people know, that's what people know and are comfortable with. Yep. They're like, you don't get things until you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like a colonoscopy is foreign for a lot of people. Cause they're like, well, I don't have any colon problems. But it's not a treatment, it's a diagnostic tool, it's a prevention tool. And But people aren't used to prevention tools. They're used right. to going, I have high blood pressure, now I gotta take a medication and start exercising. Or, right. oh man, my doctor just told me I have prediabetes, now I have to start exercising and eating right. They don't go, how can I stop prediabetes or diabetes What should I be happening? doing now? Exactly. Yeah. No one thinks about that stuff until it slaps them in the face. Right. It's just, it's just like a wake-up call. Mm-hmm standard wake-up call and all people that are like you know they come see me and they tear their hamstring they go you know i've had mobility problems my whole life well where were you where have you been for the last 30 40 years like why are you just getting into this now well i tore my hamstring it's like well if you knew you had a mobility problem and you knew that this was a likelihood because of that then then you know it would make sense to me to get that problem that you know is happening like address like and you're not just gonna let the pipe leak in your house because you're like ah, i'm just gonna wait till this blows up and replace the whole thing yeah like that don't make any sense and i think you know i uh i mean this book it's called unbuck your brain and it all kind of is um it's all related to where like like you said those mobility issues it's your body like here's a signal take care of this take care of this and then it kind of talks about like how emotions are the same way mm-hmm. you know and instead of like 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 a anxiety emotion is like hey take care of this here's something that is bothering you mm-hmm. like take care of it but instead people just live with chronic anxiety or things like that and 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 that's that's something i'm trying to learn more and more is like to be that person who is proactive like hmm, mm-hmm. what are the what are the things that are kind of not going well how do i address them before it's yeah like what set me off in my daily activity yeah that is problematic for me that's spilling over to other areas of my life as well and mm-hmm. how do i stop that from happening in the first place exactly yeah and i think my advice would be to analyze a situation in your life where something has happened that's catastrophic Mm -hmm. and like try to use that for other areas. Right. So maybe, you know, you thought you were safe and you got fired from this job and you didn't set yourself up right to, to handle that situation. So now 
you get that you get that job back right and now you kind of see that unraveling in your health mm-hmm. like don't wait till you have another health scare like understand like remember that feeling right <laughs> shit yep. sucked yeah take care of it yep but like you said it comes back to like do you have to know that that feeling to try to prevent it yeah fully I mean, most people know the feeling of anxiety, so they know what that feels like, so they can know what to prevent. But like for injury, that's a little bit tougher because I've met people that haven't had a serious injury until they're 30, 40 or 50. So they didn't even know what they were trying to prevent. They didn't right. know the severity. They're just like, ah, it's just back pain. You just live with it. It's like, well, that doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. That's, no, it's an interesting thing. Um, it's just that I think it's, it's just education. Understand. I think we're getting more proactive in medicine because we're starting to realize, like, people are starting to talk about it, and all it's got to do is catch some mainstream, you know, media attention, and then it starts to become a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and professions are moving that way, and that's what'll push that care. I mean, we do have preventative medicine models in our society. Dental, dental is the highest. Oh yeah, because you do a six month clinic. That's like the best model of like preventative stuff that's out there probably yeah i've always thought that and i brought that up i was like why 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 don't we have that you know like no one's done it yeah maybe that's the, prove the value of it mm-hmm. but yeah because kind of like this that's kind of what we're doing at this workshop right it's like let's check where your mobility's at oh shit you can't even get your arm you know back here like yep. It's not going to end up well. But then imagine if you had somebody that tracked that stuff for you year to year to right. year to year with a standardized test that you went through every single time that measured everything, all types of range of motion, functional strength. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to do like max lifting and running mm-hmm. tests and things like that. But those are, those are things you could test on yourself. Like, hey, how bad, how, how, like how fast can I run a mile this year? Yeah. Six months? You know, do it every six months. Do something every six months. Do a certain type of lift every six months and check yourself and go, is this going downhill? Like if you run a mile in seven minutes and then a year from now you run it in 13, you better start going, what the heck is going on with my cardiovascular system? Right. Why am I twice as slow yeah. as I was before? Like what the heck is going on? This isn't and like the only reason you would know that is if you tested it. Mm-hmm. Like you would kind of get an idea of like, oh, it seems like I'm getting a little more winded easy. But you don't know the like the the magnitude of it objectively. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's one thing that I try to do for myself is like kind of keep track of what's going on and like what I can do. Like, hey, I can bend forward and touch my toes without any pain, or I could you know I could rotate this far. And like, good thing is I understand degrees of range of motion and where things should be, so I can test myself. But also right. physically, you got to test yourself as well. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Now I'd agree, and and I think. Uh, I think that that's something that people don't focus enough on is just being aware of where they're at consistently. Cause I, you hear it all the time. Like I used to be in great shape like five years ago. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, didn't just go away overnight. Yeah. Some type of terrible disease. Yeah. Right. So, but that's, that's the problem is like watching grass grow. Like we've talked about before. It slips away from you so slow that you don't feel like it's slipping away from you. It's that old analogy of the the frog in the boiling water that doesn't jump out because he doesn't feel the temperature change over time. Right. So it's like that's kind of what it's like to me. That's why you need someone or so, something to keep you 
in in an objective picture of it. You know, it's like, hey, you did the FMS, the functional movement screen. You did it six months ago, and you did, scored this, and all of a sudden you're this. Like, you've lost a lot of balance. What the heck's going on? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, I I tested uh, one of our clients yesterday, and they couldn't do the trunk stability push-up when we started, and they did it. And, dude, they're so fired up. <laughs> he popped up. He couldn't stop smiling. His, his wife was like, you're a little happy about yourself? He's like, hell yeah. So I'm like, these are things that also benefit you For sure. in these ways. Like, like it's it's almost like that reward of, like, buying something that you get real fast, you know, or, like, any type of accomplishment. But it's free. Mm-hmm. And like you feel so good when yeah. you like surprise yourself and and, and improve. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that's the goal of everything is just to yeah. continuously be improving. So set yourself up so you have all these other ways to exactly. Because then, like you said, that's a good point to make. It doesn't only become something that's you're trying to measure negative. You're trying to measure pot positive progress, right? Which is something you don't get at the dentist usually. You don't regrow enamel or different things like that like there's some positive change but like you can actually in this case you can measure both negative and positive results and you can set a new baseline for yourself which is fun you don't just get one baseline mm-hmm. and then it kind of helps you to push yourself to different things like hey oh, what else could I, I do? do the trunk stability push up but what if I could do the higher level version of it you know let me keep on trying to push this out you know mm-hmm. so I think it becomes a, a really good tool for a lot of different things absolutely and that reminds me of the dentist. I was thinking this last time I went. I was like, they're so negative. They're like, <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, so no cavities, but yeah, this, this, and that. I was like, yeah, no cavity. That's awesome. <laughs> you, know, you just like feel like your teeth are in a constant great, uh, state of like degrading. Literally. Nothing you can do to reverse it but you could do a lot to like slow it down that's what i feel like when i go yeah i'm just like dang you don't want to feel like that about your health especially about your fitness like you don't want to be feeling or doing just enough to stop the slowing trajectory of your life like there's no reason why you have to end up in a non-fit spot like there are 80 year olds out there who are extremely fit like you don't just have to you can make gains it doesn't matter if you're 40 50 or 60 like you could still make gains in your fitness guaranteed yeah, there's always places to improve. Yeah. So I think I think the, the lesson is there's always places to improve, but you got to measure it. Yeah, otherwise you have no idea how good you're doing. Because like that guy, maybe he w- your, the cl- our client, maybe he would have said. I could do that. Or, or, or maybe he'd be like, I don't know if I've gotten better at it. Or like, do you think you've gotten better? Eh, I've gotten a little bit stronger. And then you, but that was something that like was very, very decisively showing that he got stronger. Yes or no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, well, I'm feeling pretty good off this data roll, man. Yeah. Ultra laser focused thing. Um, I don't drink a whole lot of pre-workout, so um, I know this isn't pre-workout, but <laughs> similar, similar kind of stuff. Um, but definitely focused in. Feeling good. Update next episode on how the session went, if I can remember. <laughs> He'll remember twice as much <laughs> if, if I'm especially on yeah on data roll. <laughs> you remember seventy five percent more. That's what they say. <laughs> All right. I say that I don't want to make any false claims. Yeah. <laughs> disregard, disregard that. <laughs>